Chapter Eight of the Step by Anton Chekhov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Eight. The wagon stopped at a big inn for merchants not far from the quay as yegorushka climbed down from the wagon he heard a very familiar voice someone was helping him to get down and saying we arrived yesterday evening we have been expecting you all day we meant to overtake you yesterday but it was out of our way we came by the other road i say how you have crumpled your coat you'll catch it from your uncle yegorushka looked into the speaker's mottled face and remembered that this was deniska your uncle and father christopher are in the inn now drinking tea come along and he led yegorushka to a big two-storied building dark and gloomy like the almshouse at n after going across the entry up a dark staircase and through a narrow corridor yegorushka and deniska reached a little room in which ivan ivanitch and father christopher were sitting at the tea-table seeing the boy both the old men showed surprise and pleasure aha yegor nikolaitch chanted father christopher mr lomonosov ah our gentleman that is to be said kuzmitchov pleased to see you yegorushka took off his greatcoat kissed his uncle's hand and father christopher's and sat down to the table well how did you like the journey puerbone father christopher pelted him with questions as he poured him out some tea with his radiant smile sick of it i've no doubt god save us all from having to travel by wagon or with oxen you go on and on god forgive us you look ahead and the steppe is always lying stretched out the same as it was you can't see the end of it it's not travelling but regular torture why don't you drink your tea drink it up and in your absence while you have been trailing along with the wagons we have settled all our business capitally thank god we have sold our wool to Cherapahin, and no one could wish to have done better we have made a good bargain at the first sight of his own people yegorushka felt an overwhelming desire to complain he did not listen to father christopher but thought how to begin and what exactly to complain of but father christopher's voice which seemed to him harsh and unpleasant prevented him from concentrating his attention and confused his thoughts he had not sat at the table five minutes before he got up went to the sofa and lay down well well said father christopher in surprise what about your tea still thinking what to complain of yegorushka leaned his head against the wall and broke into sobs well well repeated father christopher getting up and going to the sofa yegory what is the matter with you why are you crying i'm i'm ill yegorushka brought out ill said father christopher in amazement that's not the right thing my boy one mustn't be ill on a journey ay ay what are you thinking about boy eh he put his hand to yegorushka's head touched his cheek and said yes your head's feverish you must have caught cold or else have eaten something pray to god should we give him quinine said ivan ivanitch troubled no he ought to have something hot yegory have a little drop of soup eh i-i don't want any said yegorushka are you feeling chilly i was chilly before but now-now i am hot and i ache all over ivan ivanitch went up to the sofa touched yegorushka on the head cleared his throat with a perplexed air and went back to the table 
i tell you what you undress and go to bed said father christopher what you want is sleep now he helped yegorushka to undress gave him a pillow and covered him with a quilt and over that ivan ivanitch's greatcoat then he walked away on tiptoe and sat down at the table yegorushka shut his eyes and at once it seemed to him that he was not in the hotel room but on the high road beside the campfire Melian waved his hands and dimov with red eyes lay on his stomach and looked mockingly at yegorushka beat him beat him shouted yegorushka he is delirious said father christopher in an undertone it's a nuisance sighed ivan ivanitch he must be rubbed with oil and vinegar please god he will be better to-morrow to be rid of bad dreams yegorushka opened his eyes and began looking towards the fire father christopher and ivan ivanitch had now finished their tea and were talking in a whisper the first was smiling with delight and evidently could not forget that he had made a good bargain over his wool what delighted him was not so much the actual profit he had made as the thought that on getting home he would gather round him his big family wink slyly and go off into a chuckle at first he would deceive them all and say that he had sold the wool at a price below its value then he would give his son-in-law mihail a fat pocket-book and say well take it that's the way to do business kuzmitchov did not seem pleased his face expressed as before a business-like reserve and anxiety if i could have known that cherepahin would give such a price he said in a low voice i wouldn't have sold makarov those five tons at home it is vexatious but who could have told that the price had gone up here a man in a white shirt cleared away the samovar and lighted the little lamp before the icon in the corner father christopher whispered something in his ear the man looked made a serious face like a conspirator as though to say i understand went out and returned a little while afterwards and put something under the sofa ivan ivanitch made himself a bed on the floor yawned several times said his prayers lazily and lay down i think of going to the cathedral to-morrow said father christopher i know the sacristan there i ought to go and see the bishop after mass but they say he is ill he yawned and put out the lamp now there was no light in the room but the little lamp before the icon they say he can't receive visitors father christopher went on undressing so i shall go away without seeing him he took off his full coat and yegorushka saw robinson crusoe reappear robinson stirred something in a saucer went up to yegorushka and whispered lomonosov are you asleep sit up i'm going to rub you with oil and vinegar it's a good thing only you must say a prayer yegorushka roused himself quickly and sat up father christopher pulled down the boy's shirt and shrinking and breathing jerkily as though being tickled himself began rubbing yegorushka's chest in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost he whispered lie with your back upwards that's it you'll be all right to-morrow but don't do it again you are as hot as fire i suppose you are on the road in the storm yes well you might well fall ill in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost ah oh, you might well fall ill after rubbing yegorushka father christopher put on his shirt again covered him made the sign of the cross over him and walked away then yegorushka saw him saying his prayers probably the old man knew a great many prayers by heart for he stood a long time before the icon murmuring after saying his prayers he made the sign of the cross over the window the door yegorushka and ivan ivanitch lay down on the little sofa without a pillow and covered himself with his full coat 
a clock in the corridor struck ten yegorushka thought how long a time it would be before morning feeling miserable he pressed his forehead against the back of the sofa and left off trying to get rid of the oppressive misty dreams but morning came much sooner than he expected it seemed to him that he had not been lying long with his head pressed to the back of the sofa but when he opened his eyes slanting rays of sunlight were already shining on the floor through the two windows of the little hotel room father christopher and ivan ivanitch were not in the room the room had been tidied it was bright snug and smelt of father christopher who always smelt of cypress and dried cornflowers at home he used to make the holy water sprinklers and decorations for the icon stands out of cornflowers and so he was saturated with the smell of them yegorushka looked at the pillow at the slanting sunbeams at his boots which had been cleaned and were standing side by side near the sofa and laughed it seemed strange to him that he was not on the bales of wool that everything was dry around him and that there was no thunder and lightning on the ceiling he jumped off the sofa and began dressing he felt splendid nothing was left of his yesterday's illness but a slight weakness in his legs and neck so the vinegar and oil had done good he remembered the steamer the railway engine and the broad river which he had dimly seen the day before and now he made haste to dress to run to the quay and have a look at them when he had washed and was putting on his red shirt the latch of the door clicked and father christopher appeared in the doorway wearing his top hat and a brown silk cassock over his canvas coat and carrying his staff in his hand smiling and radiant old men are always radiant when they come back from church he put a roll of holy bread and a parcel of some sort on the table prayed before the icon and said god has sent us blessings well how are you quite well now answered yegorushka kissing his hand thank god i have come from mass i've been to see a sacristan i know he invited me to breakfast with him but i didn't go i don't like visiting people too early god bless them he took off his cassock stroked himself on the chest and without haste undid the parcel yegorushka saw a little tin of caviar a piece of dry sturgeon and a french loaf see i passed a fish shop and brought this said father christopher there is no need to indulge in luxuries on an ordinary weekday but i thought i've an invalid at home so it is excusable and the caviar is good real sturgeon the man in the white shirt brought in the samovar and a tray with tea things eat some said father christopher spreading the caviar on a slice of bread and handing it to yegorushka eat now and enjoy yourself but the time will soon come for you to be studying mind you study with attention and application so that good may come of it what you have to learn by heart learn by heart but when you have to tell the inner sense in your own words without regard to the outer form then say it in your own words and try to master all subjects one man knows mathematics excellency but has never heard of pyotr mogila another knows about pyotr mogila but cannot explain about the moon but you study so as to understand everything study latin french german geography of course history theology philosophy mathematics and when you have mastered everything not with haste but with prayer and with zeal then go into the service when you know everything it will be easy for you in any line of life you study and strive for the divine blessing and god will show you what to be whether a doctor a judge or an engineer father christopher spread a little caviar on a piece of bread 
put it in his mouth and said the apostle paul says do not apply yourself to strange and diverse studies of course if it is black magic unlawful arts or calling up spirits from the other world like saul or studying subjects that can be of no use to yourself or others better not learn them you must undertake only what god has blessed take example the holy apostles spoke in all languages so you study languages basil the great studied mathematics and philosophy so you study them saint nestor wrote history so you study and write history take example from the saints father christopher sipped the tea from his saucer wiped his moustaches and shook his head good he said i was educated in the old-fashioned way i have forgotten a great deal by now but still i live differently from other people indeed there is no comparison for instance in company at a dinner or at an assembly one says something in latin or makes some allusion from history or philosophy and it pleases people and it pleases me myself or when the circuit court comes and one has to take the oath all the other priests are shy but i am quite at home with the judges and the prosecutors and the lawyers i talk intellectually drink a cup of tea with them laugh ask them what i don't know and they like it so that's how it is my boy learning is light and ignorance is darkness study it's hard of course nowadays study is expensive your mother is a widow she lives on her pension but there of course father christopher glanced apprehensively towards the door and went on in a whisper ivan ivanitch will assist he won't desert you he has no children of his own and he will help you don't be uneasy he looked grave and whispered still more softly only mind yegory don't forget your mother and ivan ivanitch god preserve you from it the commandment bids you honour your mother and ivan ivanitch is your benefactor and takes the place of a father to you if you become learned god forbid you should be impatient and scornful with people because they are not so clever as you then woe woe to you father christopher raised his hand and repeated in a thin voice woe to you woe to you father christopher's tongue was loosened and he was as they say warming to his subject he would not have finished till dinner-time but the door opened and ivan ivanitch walked in he said good morning hurriedly sat down to the table and began rapidly swallowing his tea well i have settled all our business he said we might have gone home to-day but we have still to think about yegor we must arrange for him my sister told me that nastasya petrovna a friend of hers lives somewhere here so perhaps she will take him in as a boarder he rummaged in his pocket-book found a crumpled note and read little lower street nastasya petrovna toskunov living in a house of her own we must go at once and try to find her it's a nuisance soon after breakfast ivan ivanitch and yegorushka left the inn it's a nuisance muttered his uncle you are sticking to me like a burr you and your mother want education and gentlemanly breeding and i have nothing but worry with you both when they crossed the yard the wagons and the drivers were not there they had all gone off to the quay early in the morning in a far-off dark corner of the yard stood the chaise good-bye chaise thought yegorushka at first they had to go a long way uphill by a broad street then they had to cross a big market-place here ivan ivanitch asked a policeman for little lower street i say said the policeman with a grin it's a long way off out that way towards the town grazing ground 
they met several calves but ivan ivanitch only permitted himself such a weakness as taking a cab in exceptional cases and on great holidays yegorushka and he walked for a long while through paved streets then along streets where there were only wooden planks at the sides and no pavements and in the end got to streets where there were neither planks nor pavements when their legs and their tongues had brought them to little lower street they were both red in the face and taking off their hats wiped away the perspiration tell me please said ivan ivanitch addressing an old man sitting on a little bench by a gate where is nastasya petrovna toskunov's house there is no one called toskunov here said the old man after pondering a moment perhaps it's timoshenko you want no toskunov excuse me there's no one called toskunov ivan ivanitch shrugged his shoulders and trudged on farther you needn't look the old man called after them i tell you there isn't and there isn't listen auntie said ivan ivanitch addressing an old woman who was sitting at a corner with a tray of pears and sunflower seeds where is nastasya petrovna's toskunov's house the old woman looked at him with surprise and laughed why nastasya petrovna live in her own house now she cried lord it is eight years since she married her daughter and gave up the house to her son-in-law it's her son-in-law lives there now and her eyes expressed how is it you didn't know a simple thing like that you fools and where does she live now ivan ivanitch asked oh lord cried the old woman flinging up her hands in surprise she moved ever so long ago it's eight years since she gave up her house to her son-in-law upon my word she probably expected ivan ivanitch to be surprised too and to exclaim you don't say so but ivan ivanitch asked very calmly where does she live now the old woman tucked up her sleeves and stretching out her bare arm to point shouted in a shrill piercing voice go straight on straight on straight on you will pass a little red house then you will see a little alley on your left turn down that little alley and it will be the third gate on the right ivan ivanitch and yegorushka reached the little red house turned to the left down the little alley and made for the third gate on the right on both sides of this very old grey gate there was a grey fence with big gaps in it the first part of the fence was tilting forwards and threatened to fall while on the left of the gate it sloped backwards towards the yard the gate itself stood upright and seemed to be still undecided which would suit it best to fall forwards or backwards ivan ivanitch opened the little gate at the side and he and yegorushka saw a big yard overgrown with weeds and burdocks a hundred paces from the gate stood a little house with a red roof and green shutters a stout woman with her sleeves tucked up and her apron held out was standing in the middle of the yard scattering something on the ground and shouting in a voice as shrill as that of the woman selling fruit chick 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 behind her sat a red dog with pointed ears seeing the strangers he ran to the little gate and broke into a tenor bark all red dogs have a tenor bark whom do you want asked the woman putting up her hand to shade her eyes from the sun good morning ivan ivanitch shouted too waving off the red dog with his stick tell me please does nastasya petrovna toskunov live here yes but what do you want with her perhaps you are nastasya petrovna well yes i am very pleased to see you you see your old friend olga ivanovna kniasov sends her love to you this is her little son and i perhaps you remember am her brother ivan ivanitch you are one of us from n you were born among us and married there a silence followed 
the stout woman stared blankly at ivan ivanitch as though not believing or not understanding him then she flushed all over and flung up her hands the oats were scattered out of her apron and tears spurted from her eyes olga ivanovna she screamed breathless with excitement my own darling ah holy saints why am i standing here like a fool my pretty little angel she embraced yegorushka wetted his face with her tears and broke down completely heavens she said wringing her hands olga's little boy how delightful he is his mother all over the image of his mother but why are you standing in the yard come indoors crying gasping for breath and talking as she went she hurried towards the house her visitors trudged after her the room has not been done yet she said ushering the visitors into a stuffy little drawing-room adorned with many icons and pots of flowers oh mother of god vasilisa go and open the shutters anyway my little angel my little beauty i did not know that olichka had a boy like that when she had calmed down and got over her first surprise ivan ivanitch asked to speak to her alone yegorushka went into another room there was a sewing-machine in the window was a cage with a starling in it and there were as many icons and flowers as in the drawing-room near the machine stood a little girl with a sunburnt face and chubby cheeks like tits and a clean cotton dress she stared at yegorushka without blinking and apparently felt very awkward yegorushka looked at her and after a pause asked what's your name the little girl moved her lips looked as if she were going to cry and answered softly atka this meant katka he will live with you ivan ivanitch was whispering in the drawing-room if you will be so kind and we will pay ten roubles a month for his keep he is not a spoilt boy he is quiet i really don't know what to say ivan ivanitch nastasya petrovna sighed tearfully ten roubles a month is very good but it is a dreadful thing to take another person's child he may fall ill or something when yegorushka was summoned back to the drawing-room ivan ivanitch was standing with his hat in his hands saying good-bye well let him stay with you now then he said good-bye you stay yegor he said addressing his nephew don't be troublesome mind you obey nastasya petrovna good-bye i am coming again to-morrow and he went away nastasya once more embraced yegorushka called him a little angel and with a tear-stained face began preparing for dinner three minutes later yegorushka was sitting beside her answering her endless questions and eating hot savoury cabbage soup in the evening he sat again at the same table and resting his head on his hand listened to nastasya petrovna alternately laughing and crying she talked of his mother's young days her own marriage her children a cricket chirruped in the stove and there was a faint humming from the burner of the lamp nastasya petrovna talked in a low voice and was continually dropping her thimble in her excitement and kakka her granddaughter crawled under the table after it and each time sat a long while under the table probably examining yegorushka's feet and yegorushka listened half dozing and looking at the old woman's face her wart with hairs on it and the stains of tears and he felt sad very sad he was put to sleep on a chest and told that if he were hungry in the night he must go out into the little passage and take some chicken put there under a plate in the window next morning ivan ivanitch and father christopher came to say good-bye nastasya petrovna was delighted to see them and was about to set the samovar 
but ivan ivanitch who was in a great hurry waved his hands and said we have no time for tea we are just setting off before parting they all sat down and were silent for a minute nastasya petrovna heaved a deep sigh and looked towards the ikon with tear-stained eyes well began ivan ivanitch getting up so you will stay all at once the look of business-like reserve vanished from his face he flushed a little and said with a mournful smile mind you work hard don't forget your mother and obey nastasya petrovna if you are diligent at school yegor i'll stand by you he took his purse out of his pocket turned his back to yegorushka fumbled for a long time among the smaller coins and finding a ten-kopeck piece gave it to yegorushka father christopher without haste blessed yegorushka in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost study he said work hard my lad if i die remember me in your prayers here is a ten-kopeck piece from me too yegorushka kissed his hand and shed tears something whispered in his heart that he would never see the old man again i have applied at the high school already said ivan ivanitch in a voice as though there were a corpse in the room you will take him for the entrance examination on the seventh of august well good-bye god bless you good-bye yegor you might at least have had a cup of tea wailed nastasya petrovna through the tears that filled his eyes yegorushka could not see his uncle and father christopher go out he rushed to the window but they were not in the yard and the red dog who had just been barking was running back from the gate with the air of having done his duty when yegorushka ran out of the gate ivan ivanitch and father christopher the former waving his stick with the crook the latter his staff were just turning the corner yegorushka felt that with these people all that he had known till then had vanished from him forever he sank helplessly onto the little bench and with bitter tears greeted the new unknown life that was beginning for him now what would that life be like end of chapter eight recording by expatriate in bangor maine end of the step by anton chekhov translated by constance garnett eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six